come before us now with a mini first focus, first with a financial and budget update, and then with a vision update for you. The scripture tells us that we as elders, we are doubly accountable to God for everything that we do and that we say and how we lead. But also, these elders are also worthy of double honor. And I triple honor my elders for what they have labored through in the past four months so that we all can come together under one vision and one mission for our future. You're going to hear some things that are the same. You're going to hear some things that are just a slight tweak or different just to make certain that we are all following Jesus together and we all have the same life vision together. So I welcome Mark and uh, Pastor Tom for this first part. And then uh, we'll, uh, uh, I think I give an update with Bill Nelson and then Matt Nicholson will share. Thank you. All right. Well, I'll be sharing the budget report. Uh, the Mark and Tom part is I'll share the report. And if you have questions, you ask Tom. <laughs> Let me start with um, our budget that we had set for last year was $700,072. Um, we strive to meet that all year long, okay? Um, but by December 3, our budget was running behind. And kind of progressively through the year, we fell short almost every week, or many, many weeks, of reaching our budget. And we had a deficit of 90-some thousand dollars. Um, that seemed huge. And we called on you and asked you to give above and beyond and to give generously. And we cleared up and had, by the end of the year, we were short $41,784. But, you know, we made up $50,000 in the month of December. And I want to say thank you for that. I praise the Lord for that. Um, thank you for giving so generously um, at the end of the year. As far as our spending, though, for the end of the year... Um, we spent actually almost 21,000. I have trouble with 21,991, okay? Almost $21,000 less in our spending that what, than what we had anticipated. Um, and so, am I missing? Okay. Here I stand. Corrected. <laughs> Thank you. I want to get it right, okay? I'm not your usual budget report kind of guy, all right? Um, and then also, last year, one of our huge expenditures was for the sound system, which we desperately needed. Jay Raymond kept saying, we're on our last week. We're at the end. Any day now. Well, how much? We'd ask at the elders' meeting, how much longer can we get by? Anybody's get any at any time. We spent this $49,000, which seems like a lot maybe, but we tried to buy an excellent system. We shopped for our best price. We got something that we think will last us for a very long time. And, uh, um, and so that was our, our uh, sound system there. Um, throughout the year, uh, out of our total reserves, we had to take $70,000. $252 out of our reserve fund. That was to make up the deficit and to pay for the sound system. The sound system was planned. We expected to take that out of the budget. That was there. Um, and by the end of the year, we still had in our checking account $140,000. Um, so we still have a healthy checking account, although we want to keep it that way. Uh, we can only draw out of it so long. It's kind of like home, folks. You only got so much, and when it's down, it's down. We want to guard this amount. We want to keep that. We want to stay healthy there. 
Okay, moving on. 2018. Our budget team worked hard to be responsible and accountable to the Lord for the money that you give. Uh, we try to be so careful. We try to be good stewards of all that God has given us. So I'm thankful to the team that worked on our budget, went to all the committees, um, did the research. This year's budget is down from last year. We've lowered it to 681827 um, So we, we brought that down. Okay, here's amazing. You're all reading ahead of me. I don't even have to say this. Do you know that our budget for every vote cast was 100% yes. As a church, we stand together on this budget, and we said, this is an amount that we agree upon. Okay, now I want to call on you, okay? Do you remember when you voted? There was a line under that yes vote that said, when I vote yes, I'm committing to give faithfully. Church, we need to give faithfully. We can't keep doing like last year where we're always a little bit behind um, and trying to make it up at the end of the year. I'm asking you, as an elder, as a servant of God, to be faithful to God and to give generously. If God has blessed you, then give back as your act of worship um, to the Lord. Um, every week in your bulletin, and Gwen and I talked about, um, it's listed in here, our tithes and offerings, how much we need every week and how much is given. Um, I look to that every week just to see how we're doing, how we're doing. And um, again, I'd encourage you, let's not do like last year where where we did a decline. Please be faithful um, in all that God has given you. All right, so we have something new and different this year that's available to you. Um, forgiving. Uh, not, only, not only am I not the budget guy, I'm not the computer guy, okay? Um, I'm sure all the elders are laughing that I'm up here telling you how to give online. Um, I could better ask, uh, maybe Tyler or somebody down here could explain it better, but okay, here it goes. You can now give online. And I know that seems a little different because when the offering plate goes by, um, it seems a little weird maybe to you not to put something in there. Um, but you can faithfully give online. So if you choose to, to go online and give, uh, go to the, our church website, go to the give link. Okay, how am I doing? I'm reading my notes here. Go to the give link. <laughs> um, you can do the online It'll ask you for some information so you can fill that out. Yeah, you're getting all this. And, uh, and you'll be able to do this online. Now, I thought maybe this morning if, if someone would give me their smartphone and their credit card, I could show you how to do that, and I'd show you how to give generously, too. Um, so, but little do you know you're really safe if it's me. Again, I could probably get a small child to help us with this and do it better. Um, but I'd teach you how to give generously in just one giving here. So, and another thing, for right now, it is with your credit card. Uh, very soon you'll be able to do it from your checking account, and then that'll also be uh, available through the online thing there. All right, one other thing as far as a giving opportunity. Every year we have a capital fund project. We do an improvement. Um, like one year it might be the carpet. Uh, this year it was the speaker, uh, our sound system. Next year, for, or this year, for our capital fund project, we need to do some replacement on part of our flat roof over here. Uh, we've developed a small leak, and this needs to be taken care of. Now, the capital fund project is not in the budget. This is above and beyond giving. Our best estimate is going to be, it's going to be about a $20,000 project. And so we're asking you as a church, 
if you are able and as God blesses you, would you be willing to give toward this capital fund project? Um, help us take care of this roofing issue. It's a small leak now. It's only there when we get big rain. But we can only do that for so long, too, because when roof leaks at home, you've got to fix it. And our roof is leaking. We need to take care of it. And so we're asking you to give uh, generously again. Um, and again, I just want to back up as I close this uh, part of the, of the uh, first focus. Thank you for giving generously and for your part in serving God and his kingdom. We actually thought that if Mark could get up and explain that, then anybody can do that, right? So that was our motivation there. Titus 1.5, just to start out this next portion of the first focus, says, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you might set in order what remains, and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. So we're, this morning, working to set in order uh, where we want to go and how we want to work for 2018. So we're going to, uh, I'm going to give you just a little background, just, just enough to set context. I don't want to rehash uh, what's going on for the past four months. But in October, uh, actually in September last year, uh, we began to hear things like, uh, you know, things aren't quite right. We're not running in all cylinders. What's kind of going on? And Pastor Clint, uh, we had a meeting, you know, just we, we talked very frankly and honest with each other. And, and uh, he indicated that he was really feeling overburdened not necessarily overworked, but overburdened in caring for all the ministries and responsibilities of the church. And so we had got to that point where we needed to, do, we needed to make a change. And so we said, okay, Pastor Clint has a 10-year sabbatical coming up. Let's pull that ahead, and let's let, give him a period of rest, right? If we want to have a quality, effective ministry, sustainable, uh, we can't do that with our, our senior shepherd is overburdened and tired. So uh, we'll let Pastor Clint go and spend time with his family, spend time in the Word, spend time with God. And the elders then said, okay, how are we going to structure ministry differently so we don't end up in this, in this position a year from now uh, and, and just have uh, our leaders spent? And so that's what precipitated this. Uh, and so during since October, uh, the elder team and the, and the three pastors have spent, uh, I'd say, between two and three hours every Tuesday night, almost every Tuesday night. There was a couple times we didn't meet. But we've been trying to, we've been wrestling with things like, what does God say is the church? What does that mean for First Baptists? Uh, and then how do we structure ministry differently to, to be sustainable and, and to be more effective? So that's where we're at. So let's go to that first slide. Um, we decided, uh, we, you know, we really went into the scriptures. We, we studied uh, what God had to say about the church. And we came to the belief that God says the purpose of the church is to glorify him. Number one, glorify God. That's why we are here. That's why any church exists, is to glorify God. We do that through our worship, through our edification, equipping, and training, and we do that through evangelism. So those are the three means that, that uh, we think, we believe, God has purposed for, for the church. 
And so we look at glorifying God, um, worship. You know, we, we do worship well here. We have a worship team with Pastor Jeremy that no matter where you are when you come in in the morning, uh, you may have had a really tough week. You may be riding on top of the waves. But when you come in, Pastor Jeremy takes us from where we are into uh, just being ready to receive from God. And then we have Pastor Clint or our, our pastors that deliver. Uh, we worship God through the Word. And then we worship God in our fellowship, in our classes, in our small groups. So that's what worship, uh, that's what we mean by worship. We do that well today. So it isn't necessarily anything that needs to be changed there. We worship God through, wor uh, I'm sorry, we glorify God through worship. We glorify God through edification. We have great Sunday school classes. We have uh, kids, uh, kids classes. We have small groups. Uh, but through edification, uh, our goal is we want everybody to uh, be equipped for the ministry that God has, has prepared for them. Ephesians 2.10 says that God has created us to walk, uh, prepared us, God has created us to do good works that he has created beforehand. And so we want to be more intentional about how we equip uh, people. We want to provide experiences, opportunities for us to experience God together uh, in ministry. And really, uh, we want to create a pull for ministry, not a push. So we don't want to push you, say, hey, go out there and you, you got to do something, you got to do something, you got you to witness, you got to study. We want to uh, minister to your heart in such a way that you want, you hunger and thirst for the Word of God, you hunger and thirst for fellowship, you hunger and thirst uh, for, for God, and then that comes out uh, in evangelism, in the way in your relationships. So we glorify God through worship, we glorify God through edification, we glorify God through evangelism. Because, hey, guess what? This God that I met and that I've come to know is so great you're going to love him too. And just to, uh, just to organize our lives and our relationships so that we are a conduit for the love of God. And so it's not, you know, we're going to tell you, go out, hey, go find somebody and evangelize them, but we want to build into you uh, to the point that it overflows, right? We want the love of God to overflow and spill into the lives of, of people around you. So that's, that's how we, we uh, glorify God uh, through worship, edification, and evangelism. So we're, we're already doing a lot of these things well. Um, we just want to be more focused and more intentional uh, in how we do those things. And so the phrase then, to know Christ and make him known, um, is, it's been with us for at least 16 years. I've been here for 16 years. It's, right, it's always been a part of us. In fact, Glorify God through worship, edification, and evangelism is, is in our Constitution. This isn't new. This is who First Baptist is. And to know Christ and make him known, that's been our, our purpose statement for, for many, many years. And so the question is, okay, so if we did all the study and we came to the same conclusion that our founding fathers did 80 years ago, what's different now? Uh, so let's go to the next slide. You know, why do we think this will work this time? Well, we talked about um, being effective and being sustainable. Uh, and I would say the, the the, what's different this time, the reason we got into the position we were uh, in October is because the elders really hadn't been doing their job. 
we had really been, uh, um, I won't say failing in ministry, but we weren't really effective in the way that an elder should be in the church. We had put our senior pastor out there in front of us and said, hey, go, we're behind you, right? You know, he's doing all the work, and we're supporting him. And so our, our new infrastructure, our new teaming model, is we just, it, it's not, no structures changing. It's just the perception and the belief that, you know, we as elders have to partner in ministry with our pastors. And so it's not, you know, that Clint comes in and says, hey, we're going to do this, and we're, yeah, go do that. He's, he's pleaded for years to get us to, to own some ministries and, and to take a, a larger role, but uh, we just haven't done it. I don't think the elders have seen that as part of the, the vision or part of the responsibility of being an elder. Through the last four months of study, uh, the elders have come to that belief that uh, this ministry here, this congregation, it, it's ours. And so the teaming model is different. Uh, we will work with our pastors. We will take more responsibility, more ownership for, for the care of the congregation uh, for glorifying God. Uh, so what else is different? Um, we really just lost focus on to know Christ and, and make Christ known. Um, it's, been part, it's been our purpose statement, but we just haven't had it in the front of our minds. So we start ministries or we continue ministries without really asking, is that the real essence of this ministry is to either to know Christ or to make Christ known? And so we, uh, we have this uh, repurpose statement uh, to go evaluate and align our current ministries. Through that, you know, our, our goal is really renewed compassion for people. So we want to equip every believer here to, uh, to walk in the ministry that God has created for them. And that really hasn't been our focus in the past. Not that what we've been doing is bad, all right, our adult Bible connections, our kids', sun, uh, kids Sunday school class, that's all great stuff. But what we want to do is work to align those toward uh, a renewed purpose, maybe even a, a renewed identity. I started out in October thinking we had an identity crisis. Uh, the identity crisis isn't, you know, we haven't changed who we are, it's just realizing this is who we are. We need to live as, the, you know, according to who we are. Our Constitution says that and our purpose uh, statement says that. So we're, uh, one of the things we're doing well is a word is our foundation, whether it's in preaching, whether it's in worship, music, or whether it's in, in our uh, education classes. So we have the teaming model. Uh, that will be different. Uh, partnering with our pastors. And then uh, as we equip all of us, each of us, uh, we want to find a match between your gifts, the gifts God has given you, the talents, and ministry. Some of you are already doing it. Some of you uh, have found that, that niche. Uh, and you are serving God. And that we praise God for, for you. What we want to do is, is be able to help everybody identify their gifts and uh, build into you to the point that you want to go do ministry. And just think, you know, pastors, one person, and our four pastors, they cannot do all the ministry that's available to do. Uh, four pastors and eight elders cannot do all the ministry that's available. Four pastors, eight elders, and 20 leaders in our congregation cannot do all the ministry that's available. And so each of you has a sphere of influence with your neighbors and with your coworkers and the, with your interactions with people in, in, in Myers or in Sam's Club. Uh, you have much greater capacity to minister. 
And so what we want to do is really enable that uh, for everybody uh, to become more effective there. Okay. Um, so match your gifts to the needs in our community as much as we can. You see more needs than we do uh, as a leadership team, but we want to we make a better match there. That's what we think firing in all cylinders looks like, is everybody being, being uh, in ministry. All right? So next slide is uh, on the website. Uh, you can't read this. The intention isn't for you to read this. Uh, but on the website, if you look at the, there's a, a purpose uh, tab. And if you click there, you'll read through our purpose. Uh, we also have that um, hard copy. So you'll see hard copy uh, out on the information table. If you come, please come to a, an adult Bible connection class uh, immediately following. We're going to go through this. We're going to uh, read through all the definition of this purpose statement. And there's more scripture here than what I've given, but we want everybody to understand where we believe God has, has positioned us. And then, Pastor Cameron, do, you have, do we have the cards? Right? So Pastor Cameron and his team are going to hand out some cards. So if you're a cell phone user and you're tech savvy, uh, you can take this card, and it's largely got a QR code on it. You can scan it, and it takes you right, right to our webpage. And so this is a great tool uh, that you can hand out to people and then say, hey, this is First Baptist Church. Uh, come check us out. And the first thing they'll read is, what's our purpose of First Baptist Church? And we hope to just be able to minister to people, you know, outside the church uh, with that. So, uh, there, this purpose statement, you're going to see more of it, to know Christ and to make Christ known. Uh, you're going to see hard copies around. It's on our website. Uh, we'll discuss it in our ABCs. Uh, we really want, so the, the elders realize we've been on a mental journey for the last four months that you guys haven't been on. And what we want to do is start to take all uh, us as a congregation on a similar journey. We want each of us to know and understand what it means to know Christ and to, and to make him known. And what are the tools we have in our, uh, what are the opportunities we have in our congregation uh, to do that. So the result is, okay, where do we end up? Uh, next slide is uh, the, the diagram on, uh, on the left, right? That's a little bit how, how we could describe uh, our ministries. Everybody, I mean, a lot of people ministering, doing the right thing, doing what uh, God has called them to do, but they're not necessarily aligned. They're kind of going in different directions. And so through our purpose statement, a renewed vision uh, uh, for ministry, as we hope to move toward the diagram on the right, where each one of you, because you know who we are, you know why we exist here, you know what your purpose is in the community uh, and in your family, that we can all of us begin to align our, our service and our ministry, our worship uh, in the same direction. And this is, to me, I mean, if we did this, we'd have you know, 200 people, 300 people all firing on the same cylinders. Right? We'd be doing good. We would be much more effective in ministry because you all can do ministry in a much broader space than, than uh, four pastors or eight elders can. And so we want to get alignment in all of our Sunday school classes. You know, we're not talking about canceling ministries. We're just talking about in Sunday school this morning, hey, let's study this. Let's study our purpose statement. Uh, so we, you see that we can begin to align our ministries together 
and work toward a common, common purpose. All right, so hope that makes sense. Um, that's a pretty, pretty brief overview of what's been going on in the last four months. Um, and we, we are going, you'll see some changes, uh, maybe subtle, uh, but the big changes are uh, elders realizing that we need to team with our pastors, uh, we need to own uh, ministry. Uh, Nate Weaver is a great example, right? He's not an elder, but he's like, I want to do small groups. I want First Baptist to be a, a, a congregation of small groups. Boom. He's taken it. He's done it. So we want to identify people with passion like that and help them, plug them into a ministry that's aligned with, with First Baptist. Uh, so a teaming model and then uh, just a, a re- vitalizing of our purpose, uh, our purpose statement, so that we all can see that and, and, and have that in our mind and work toward that. Okay, uh, again, if you have questions, ABC classes, contact an elder, contact a pastor. We would love, we love your feedback. We've gotten a lot of it over the last four months. Would love more. Uh, just tell us how we're doing. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, we are, we, uh, in humility, uh, your elder team would say, the reason that we were in an un unsustainable and less effective ministry than we wanted was because the elders had not been doing their job. It wasn't negligence, really. It was just we, the vision wasn't there. And I think that's changed. So uh, we're excited. Uh, as an elder team, I think I've been there for uh, 12 years. Um, and we're pretty excited, probably more excited than we've been uh, about 2018. All right, so Pastor Clint's going to come up. He's going to close us out. He's going to share a little bit with you from his perspective. Um, but we, uh, we appreciate you being here and our, our ability to, uh, to talk to you this morning. Really just going to um, br bring that to the very heart of what God is doing when I believe what, what's got me so excited about 2018 for our church. And, and that is um, <clears throat> the push and pull statement that, that, that uh, Matt made is so true that we're not asking you to come alongside us so you can do what we want. What we're asking you to do is to be called into God together. Um, that's in two weeks you're going to see that in Romans 1, 11, and 12. But to be called into God together so that you hear an inner calling, the voice of God in you saying, look, this is what I'm asking of you. Here's what your elders heard from God over the last four months, that God was calling them to greater commitment and greater sacrifice. There's been a recapture of their time, of their hearts, of what they think all the time, how they pray, how much we pray, all of those things. And it's taken time and it's taken resources from other things. Your elders are not doing certain things that they would have done on Tuesday nights and on Sunday afternoons because they feel called to this. And I really believe that in our society today, we almost have this sense that we can compartmentalize God and we can give him just a couple of hours, two or three hours um, a week, and that's what we call Christianity, when God is an all-consuming fire. God's everything. And our lives ought to give to God everything. I believe that a recapture by faith, only by faith, not by sight, not by vision, not by pressure, not even by good leadership can occur. I think that a recapture of our hearts by faith is coming from God. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. 
If you want to, go right on your phone to the website this afternoon or this week and read that purpose statement through. Go through those scriptures. Go to one of the classes that are being held in just a few minutes. If you want to come to New Community, we meet in circles and we're going to discuss it. Every single class will be working through that document just so that we breed greater familiarity with our hearts with that document. Go and read that. But just say, God, I'm coming with an attitude of consecration. I want to consecrate myself to what your word says about knowing Christ and making him known. And then we'll just see what the Holy Spirit does. We'll just see what all-powerful, almighty God does in our hearts and what harvest, verse 13 of Romans 1 in two weeks, we'll get there, what harvest God brings from that. Would you like to be harvested by God? I want to be harvested by God. I something that's not ripe yet in me, I want God to ripen it through his word and through his Holy Spirit, and I want it to taste really good to the world. And I think God wants to do that in you as well. Where can you apply your faith right now? Just go through that exercise. Another place that you can apply your faith is say to yourself, God, I'm by faith asking you what partnership you just want from me, just in what Pastor Cameron shared about the student ministry retreat. Our students have been inviting their friends to Reach Weeks. I met some of them Wednesday night on their Reach Week. Some of them might even be going out tonight as well. We know of students that don't yet know Jesus that we are inviting to this retreat. Wouldn't you like to see them come to know Jesus on this retreat? Well, it looks like we need about another grand, another $1,000 or so to help with scholarships with that. And someone walked up to me just this morning after I shared a story about how I've been on my one heart at a time journey, folks, I finally got to lead one of my one heart at a time people to Christ last week. All right? And I shared that story in celebration of God. And I said, he's 14. I hope that he'll go on this retreat. Someone came up to me today and said, hey, here's a gift for that. Let's put our faith to this. Would you give your faith to what was shared this morning, would you give your faith to that document? Give even your faith. I mean, you're like, wait, I'm, I'm 70, I'm 60. I, I don't have anything to do with the student ministry. Oh, yeah, you do. If we're, all, if we're all doing this, oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Come on, let's give God our faith. I'll give us benediction and prayer and everything all at once. Father in heaven, we want to know Jesus, and we want to make him known. Oh, God, harvest us. Mutually encourage us. Call us into yourself together. Let us meet you, living God, powerful, all-consuming God. And by faith, be spurred toward love, toward good deeds, toward newly ripened fruit. Bring a harvest in us. We give to First Baptist Church and we consecrate her before you here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you commend your elders just with some applause, please? They have labored, and I commend my elders in the name of Jesus, all right? Hey, have a great time visiting out there. The classes will start a little bit late.